What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. It's been forever, guys. What, like two weeks? I went on vacay, and then I was MIA as well last week. So, so sorry, but we are back today. And guess what I'm going to tell you about? I'm going to tell you about some missing cases that were solved by psychics. Now, I know a lot of people just discount psychics, and it is for a legit reason. There's been so many scammers in that little field that it's kind of just given every quote-unquote clairvoyant, psychic, whatever you want to call it, a bad name. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the stories of some people that have gone missing, and I'll tell you how a psychic or clairvoyant was able to call up the detective on the case and help them solve it. So, sit back and get ready for this. So, if you go online, you can find hella cases where psychics are actually given credit for solving the cases. So, I was actually kind of curious. I think I've said on past shows that my dad was a detective for the sheriff's department for the county I used to live in. So I asked him, I'm like, did you guys get hella calls from these psychics? And he said, yes. Every single week, there was a few psychics that would call and try to help them solve cases. And I'm like, so did they actually help you solve anything? And he said, hell no. Not a one time did a psychic help them solve any case at their sheriff's department. But like I was just saying, there are many, many examples of psychics that either helped or solved a missing person case. And that's actually the story I'm about to tell you right now. So I am going to take you back to 1977, and I'm telling you about 15-year-old Larry Wyckoff. Now, he went out on a hunting trip with some friends. This was actually his uh, first trip without his dad on like a hunting-type expedition-type thing. It went all bad. So the weather conditions were terrible that day. It was around zero degrees, and that's Fahrenheit for all you Aussies and Brits out there. And speaking of Aussies, sorry, little side note here. What is up, guys? I keep seeing some crazy videos of, like, you guys all being locked the fuck down and military helicopters buzzing neighborhoods telling you all you can't exercise outside to go in the house. Is this true, guys? Is this true, my Aussie fucking listeners what is going on there if it is uh you guys need to get some revolt plans together or some shit fuck maybe you guys need to look into like a velvet revolution type thing if you don't know what a velvet revolution is look it up they are effective they have been very successful in recent history so maybe it's time to pull the velvet revolution in australia yeah sorry side rant anyway back to larry So this is like taking place in the 70s, like I said, and it is November 25th, and Larry decides to enter some dense woods and swampland, and the people that were with him report he was tracking a wounded deer that he had actually shot and wounded earlier, but it didn't die, so he was trying to be responsible, track that deer, find it so it wouldn't go to waste. His friends kind of stuck with him for a while, but they ended up giving up and going back. And finally, it was just Larry on the deer's trail. So I'm assuming the way they would track it is, you know, following blood drips or maybe tracks in the snow because it was zero degrees. 
And Larry was reported to be wearing warm clothing. Like, he is a fucking hunter. He's experienced in the outdoors. He's not going to go out in shorts and a t-shirt in zero-degree weather. So Larry and his friends had actually towed, like, a trailer camper with them. And his friends went back to the trailer, and they were waiting for him. And they assumed he would show up at some point during the day. But as they sat there waiting for him to come back, it became nighttime. And they knew they needed help searching for him. So they called the authorities, who immediately came out. And, you know, they didn't pull any bullshit trying to say, oh, you know, maybe he ran off. Maybe he committed suicide. No, they actually got searchers right away. There was so many people looking for Larry. They said there was more than 200 volunteers, but they were never able to find Larry. Not at all. They found the blood tracks from the deer. They found tracks from the deer, but no tracks from Larry. It's like, why wasn't Larry's feet right next to the deer tracks? The uh, excuse the police gave was that it snowed. I'm just like, okay, if it snowed, why aren't the deer tracks and the deer blood covered up? Why is it just Larry's tracks? But in all of the old school newspaper clippings I could find about the incident, there are just, uh, <laughs> there was no answers to that whole thing. So like I remember told you guys at the beginning, this case actually ends up getting solved by a psychic, not the detectives on the case, not the sheriff, not the police department, not even the search and rescue or volunteers. For months, Larry's parents would go back to this little hunt camp spot and look for their son, and they were never able to find anything. But check this out. Over the five months that Larry was missing, the Kalkaska County Sheriff's Department was getting tips from psychics, and Detective Lynn, that was the detect main detective on the case, he says, last Thursday, four psychics who have demanded to remain anonymous drove at their own expense to Kalkaska County Sheriff's Office. Apparently, they all lived within 150-mile radius of Kalkaska. So, Detective Lynn and the four psychics, three men and one woman, sat down, and one of them drew what they said, what they quote-unquote saw. I'm assuming, like, saw in their mind. They also mentioned such landmarks as a beaver dam, a creek, a power line, as being near the place where the body was. So, Detective Lynn, being a fucking old-school bomb-ass detective, took the information, took the drawing of the map, to an old trapper in the area, Charles Stuck, who, 71 at the time, can you fucking imagine it's like the 1970s and you got a 70-year-old trapper? Of course, this guy is going to know the land. And he did. He told Detective Lynn he knew exactly where this map was. And he brought Detective Lynn there. So they get to this little spot. And I've actually like seen a drawing of this map the psychics did. It's super like crude and primitive. Like you see kind of a pond that turns into a creek. You see tall grass everywhere. And then they draw a body. So what they're saying is it's super tall grass and you would have to be almost on top of the body, maybe 10, 15 feet away to actually see it. And the psychics are saying that's why these searchers didn't see him, because apparently this spot is only about a mile and a half from where he went missing from. And the searchers say they searched it maybe 10, 15 times. 
Which is kind of like a common theme when searchers are, you know, out in the wilderness and they don't find a person. And say like a year, two years later, some hunter or hiker or camper or whatever finds the person's body. The searchers will be like, how is this even possible? We were in this area at least 15 times. So I don't know. There's a mystery in the woods. Uh, <laughs> I've done episodes on a missing 411. David Paladez is all over these weird fucking disappearances in the forests, which uh, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not saying Bigfoot did it. He's not saying Bigfoot did it. But there's something fucking weird going on in the forests out here. So back to Larry. They find his body right where the psychic described it would be and right where the trapper brought him to. So Detective Lynn obviously reports the body. The coroner comes out. They do an autopsy on Larry. And the best the uh, coroner could determine was that he died of exposure. And his body just laid out in this fucking, I guess, grassy knoll area for about five months. Now, did these psychics just fuck? Did they get lucky? What was that about? I mean, it's not like they made any money off of it and they stayed completely anonymous. I mean, as a matter of fact, according to Detective Lynn, these four psychics literally paid their own way. They paid for themselves to drive up 150 miles, stay in a hotel, all of their food and room and board and everything, and never asked for a fee. So that, coupled along with wanting to remain anonymous, makes me think these four people, they fucking have some kind of psychic gift or something. I don't know. But they're not alone. There's other people out there that say they're psychic and they use their quote-unquote psychic powers to help the police solve crimes. So let me just tell you a couple of stories of psychic sleuths. So the first one I am going to tell you about is Reverend Rosemarie Kerr, who actually is the first psychic sleuth to stand in the witness box in a murder trial. So, she allegedly used her psychic gift to help authorities solve the slaying of Andre Daigle. She was later sent to Louisiana to testify during the trial of the two suspects accused of murdering Andre. And that was basically the case that established her as a noteworthy psychic detective. And since then, she has claimed to have aided law enforcement officials in similar cases throughout the United States. And if you actually want to, like, I guess, know more about that case she helped on, there was actually a biography channel show called Lured to Death, and it aired way back in 2007, but I'm sure you can find the reruns on YouTube or something like that. And that'll just kind of give you, like, the whole kind of uh, idea of what psychic investigators are doing and how they do it. And I'm sure everyone's a little bit different, but they have this whole fucking series apparently called The Psychic Investigators on the Biography Channel. So that actually sounds like something maybe check out, see how all these different sleuths are doing it. Who knows? Unfortunately, it looks like Rosemary Kerr passed away in 2015. I actually found her obituary online, and it says after nearly a year of battling numerous health issues, she passed away March 16th, 2015. So, let's see here. Nothing in the obituary about being a famous fucking psychic detective. What the shit? And if you actually look up the story of Andre... 
you know, the one that supposedly she helped solve psychically. The only news story I could really find about it says Daigle's sister-in-law and other family members had been out distributing flyers about him when they say his black pickup truck passed them. They then flagged down a cop car, the police chased these two fucking guys, and that's how the two murderers were caught. But, like I said earlier, this quote-unquote psychic detective actually testified at the trial, so apparently she had some information somewhere about these two guys. So the next sleuth, psychic sleuth to be more uh, descriptive, is Bill Ward, and he says he has assisted in over 400 homicide cases and he claims a 75 to 80% success rate. He is supported in his psychic powers by private and police investigators around the country who say he's provided them with assistance in solving crimes. In the course of his more than two decades of psychic sleuthing, he has shunned most publicity. Initially, he even required anonymity as a condition of assistance regarding his police work and, until recently, has worked entirely on a volunteer basis. See, that's what's up. That makes me kind of believe that person more. They don't want to get paid. They don't want fucking anybody finding out about it. Hmm. So... His motivation, therefore, has been neither fame nor money. Investigators he has worked with are quite convinced of his sincerity. But check this out. With Bill Ward, at least we get kind of like a background story on what he thinks caused his psychic powers. So get ready for this fucked up story. This takes place in 1965 in Vietnam. And I'm getting the information from a book called Psychic Sleuths. ESP and Sensational Cases. So in September of 1965, Bill Ward was 23 years old and an army medic. Him and his fellow soldiers found themselves under heavy fire in Vietnam. Enemy bullets struck a nearby officer who collapsed and fell into a water-filled ditch. Ward moved to the officer's side, administering mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and applying first aid. As fighting continued, Ward supervised the helicopter evacuation of the wounded officer. The officer's life was eventually saved, and Bill Ward was decorated with a Bronze Star Medal for valor for his efforts. Now that Bronze Star, that shit is not super easy to get, so Bill is definitely a badass. He also earned two Purple Hearts while serving in Vietnam. Now I just have to say before going on, any soldiers that survived Vietnam... They're fucking badass, hard-as-nail motherfuckers. And back then, there was so much not known about PTSD, TBI, which is traumatic brain injury, and just not even, like, good treatments for pain. And these fucking soldiers came back with horrific injuries. They saw battles where thousands died, you know, just in a single fucking day. It was a different type of war. And a lot of the Vietnam soldiers came back scarred as fuck. And Bill Ward says he came back with a psychic gift. Apparently, he thinks all the trauma he witnessed, all the horrific shit, his friends getting hurt, killing, you know, all the shit that goes with war, did something to his mind and opened it in some psychic, supernatural way. 
Ward returned from Vietnam in 1967 and resumed work at the Will County Printing Company in Lockport, Illinois. But like many other veterans that have returned from war, he had found that the world just wasn't the same way that he saw it before he had been to Vietnam. And he kind of found a lot of other like-minded veterans. Before he had been back home for a year, he found that his exposure to the many violent deaths had affected his perception of the world in a radical way. And since 1991, Ward has assisted in over 400 homicide cases, for which he has claimed a 75-80% to 80 success rate. Now, how is he having such a great success rate if there isn't actually something going on? Ward has supported private investigators, he has supported police investigations around the country, okay? So this guy is the real fucking deal. He's got actual police backing him up, saying yes, he has helped solve these cases. And to get the police to admit a psychic actually helped you solve a case, that's next to impossible. Like the one case I was telling you earlier about Larry, the sheriff in charge of that department wouldn't even let Detective Lynn talk about a psychic helping in the case. As a matter of fact, he flat out said that the case was solved by the detective just stumbling up on the body. Nothing to do with the psychic. So, for Bill Ward to actually have several police departments and detectives back his psychic abilities up means something, for sure. So, Bill Ward does describe how this whole psychic situation happens for him. He says, I get pictures as soon as an investigation or something happens. Say, something like faces, scenes, areas, just like you would turn on TV. He indicates that violence is the easiest thing for him to pick up on, in addition to using his innate, or as he would probably prefer, God-given ability, to receive images from spatially and temporally distant locations. Ward makes use of some other tools in his practice of psychic detection, including psychometry, which is handling objects in order to obtain information about people who have been in contact with them. He says he's seen auras, biorhythms, and both Chinese and Western astrology. There was one published article I found about Ward stating he can reportedly read minds and bend objects such as keys by concentrating them. But it also notes that he refers to such feats as junk and circus tricks. A reporter actually kind of investigated Ward, and this reporter states that every single investigator except one said Ward was helpful for the investigation. So I'm saying Ward's got something going on and I would like to figure out what. Although I don't actually think there is a way to measure these quote-unquote psychic abilities. I know different universities have tried for decades and they always come back super inconclusive. So we will probably never know. So that's about all for this week, guys. Before I run away, I do have to say thank you to our downloaders. It looks like California is in the lead as per usual. Then we have Oregon and South Carolina, and Texas is still there. And I think Texas may be the result of uh, my lovely boyfriend Garrett pulling some magic, but who knows. But like I always tell you guys, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.